0: so uh thanks for joining me on this podcast again today i am joined by one of my friends someone that i've known for about 10 years probably more yeah i'd say more yeah yeah probably more i'll I'll let you introduce yourself
1: go on so my name's Sagar i'm a currently a doctor working at the Royal Archer Hospital in Reading as an F1 graduated last year and I have known Drew since we were about 13 got through high school sixth form and now we're still friends so he must be doing something right
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's more than 10 years isn't it because it was like 11 12 that we first met
1: yeah so it's now running into its 15th year god knows didn't think that would happen when we first met to
0: be honest but I know, I feel like it's (laughs) been too long (laughs) then. It has been very long, yeah. Yeah, so you're a doctor. We're in the middle of this pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: middle. Uh, What have your shifts been like this week? So...
1: I think in the Southeast, we're moving towards a normal normal service now. So uh, I'm moving back to trauma and orthopedics, which is my original rotation. Um, shifts this week have been around 7.30 to five. So And it's been more trying to catch the backlog of what was canceled during the uh, coronavirus crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think getting a lot more trauma cases or people who have had injuries during the coronavirus peak. And then now mm-hmm. we're just trying to essentially soak up the backlog, really. It's been hard because we're still following coronavirus protocols in theater. And um, it's just been hard to kind of get many cases done as quickly as possible. So it's going to run into several weeks before we even, well, even months, really, before we even catch up with normal
0: services. So are you basically catching up on, like, the people that have broken legs and stuff like that?
1: Well, broken bones and people who should have been operated on a while ago and were managed conservatively without any operative management. But in an right. ideal scenario, we would have done something different, really. But um, I think not that we missed it. anything urgent that needed doing was done, like elderly hip fractures, which are mm-hmm. very key to be done in a timely manner. But um, yeah, so anything that could have been managed non-operatively, we did so.
0: Do you think it's getting more back to normal then? It- like, apart from all the special... <laughs> procedures like all the extra precautions that you have to take apart from that sort of stuff like are you seeing many coronavirus victims or is it so that's the thing because
1: now now I'm back on trauma orthopedics I don't see the medical cases but only two weeks ago I was on a medical take on the second or third week in March we were all moved from surgery to medicine to try Mm. and help with the crisis at the time we were seeing everything coming in but 90% of the workload was coronavirus but um we're now seeing a lot of Even on the medical take we're seeing a lot of normal things such as low blood sugars high blood sugars strokes heart failures heart attacks so you were kind of wondering where was all this hiding in the height of the coronavirus crisis but people are just not coming in
0: but yeah that's um, what i was thinking because i heard on the news that certain diseases like the admissions for that has gone down and it's probably just people not going in they don't want to go in I think people
1: were forgetting the fact that we were still open for our life-threatening conditions mm-hmm. and for conditions which needed prompt actions and i think people were just scared with the coronavirus mm. and um, people have just kind of decided to stay home really for that yeah but i think now people are realizing that it's less of a risk than we once thought don't get me wrong um if things aren't let not have a <laughs> <laughs> essentially yeah so let- I think it's very important to follow the social distancing guidelines. As Boris says, yeah. stay alert. Um, try and see if you can see the virus, try and avoid it, <laughs> which is really <laughs> very See impossible. the virus. Yeah, so you have to stay alert. So if you see the coronavirus coming out, you just dodge it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm taking the mic. I don't really agree with his recommendations. We should have just had social distancing and a lockdown for slightly longer because we saw when the summer days were coming, the sun was great. Like yesterday, public hotspots were filling up again. Yeah. So I don't think, I think, People were treating it like it doesn't exist, whereas yeah. we know far f- that's far from the case.
0: Definitely. Do you know what? I, yeah. I said, th- I, don't, I can't remember if we spoke about this before, but I think because of the lockdown, more people are actually going out. Like usually people would be at work and then they'd go straight home, but because they've got nothing to do now, they'll just go out for a walk, go shopping, that sort of thing.
1: Yes, um so I think before they ease the lockdown, say a week and a half ago or two weeks ago where people were allowed to go for unlimited exercise, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I think people were quite good. I don't know about Leicester, but um here in Reading I think people are quite good in following that and I think many people st- stuck to the hour a day making only essential journeys. Car journeys are definitely on the lower side. That's good. But I think as of last week I we have definitely seen more cars on the road, more people, yeah. less social distancing. I feel the lockdown was adhered to and I think has had an impact because I think if there was no lockdown the cases would have been much higher, more fatalities. yeah, more severe. And it definitely would have gone on for much longer
0: what's the um like the incubation period
1: so i think it's around 14 to 21 days it's varied because in some cases we've seen in some studies around the world that some people because if it's serial testing of swabs some people were clear after day 14 day 15 whereas some people still positive way beyond mm. 30 days right so it's hard so. to really tell so there's such a wide range at the moment because it's mutated several times there are several strains oh, really? Hmm. So that's why we were slightly concerned before. I'm not too sure how many exactly there are at the moment, but um, I think there was initially about seven or eight strains, with some being more deadly than others.
0: All right. So if the incubation period's three weeks, yeah. So if everyone was in lockdown for, let's say, four weeks, mm. would the coronavirus numbers not go to zero?
1: Not necessarily, because we're still because our testing isn't at the time wasn't sufficient enough, we weren't testing enough numbers to see who was positive and who not, who wasn't. So the cases could have been circling for quite some time really, but then we weren't testing enough people until recently where we have got a target of 100,000 a day, but still even then we're not really meeting targets on some days as you have seen, I think only about four or five days since the pledge was made to make 100,000 tests a day and it's actually been met. So um,
0: initially it was just key workers and stuff
1: in it that were allowed. Not even key workers, really. Even when it first started in March, you had to have had symptoms or come in positive contacts.
0: Mm. So
1: I, myself, I went away, I had symptoms from about the 6th or 7th of March, and I didn't really have contact with the patient, but I was really, really unwell. So I had, but given working in a healthcare environment, I did come across yeah. cases that were from afar, so I hadn't really come into direct contact with the case, but I got tested anyway. Uh, thankfully, it was negative. Mm, good. But the, sim- but the symptoms at the time were quite debilitating, and I think once they realise the importance of key workers being tested and I think because obviously we need to get the NHS well staffed during these crises we can't really lose doctors to illness because it would it would just mean that the NHS would be under further strain really at this time, which we definitely do not need. It's
0: one of them situations, isn't it, where you need enough doctors to combat COVID or like if you force too many doctors and, you know, medical staff into the hospital, Mm. then you're just setting yourself up to fail because then like the whole hospital is going to have to close down if someone gets it or whatever.
1: Not necessarily, no. The whole hospital wasn't closed down. We just, we had clear guidelines set in recommendations to Public Health England. So if you did have symptoms, you isolate for seven days. Right. Or if your family member had symptoms, you'd isolate for 14 days until your COVID. So until recently, we've been swabbing all our staff. Mm. And if the partner's swab came out negative, you can come back. And even if you did have symptoms yourself, you had to be symptom-free for 48 hours. Yeah. And we were trying to be as socially distanced as we could at work. But I think given the environment of work we are in it is very hard to maintain that sometimes but we did the best we could
0: things, for things so like we did, surgery and that you have to have physical contact don't you
1: in terms of what with patients but we had to take extra precautions in terms of greater ppe mm. greater cleaning between cases and we only did essential cases as i said it's only recently that we've been considering even well in a, at the trust that i work in to start looking at more elective cases we've started cancer cases because obviously they need operating on and mm. they have a short time frame because the thing is, the longer you leave them, the more a risk of adverse outcomes if you don't get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so we were taking all the precautions we needed. Thankfully, Public Health England guidelines were good in that and they were so, being revised quite regularly.
0: You know when Boris, like, I think it was a week or two ago when he said stuff like, yeah, we're going to start opening schools up and you can, st- from Wednesday, certain construction workers can start and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it... Public Health England that he got his recommendations for that for.
1: No, so there are scientists, of as well as the government. As we know, there's, there's a few scientists, there's the chief scientist, there's the medical director, Professor Whitty. Oh, yeah. So there's many scientists on the board. I think it's SAGE that they get their guidance from.
0: Do you think I could get a job with them? Become a uh, physics consultant. <laughs> Physi-
1: yeah. See, um, that's not a question I can answer. That's what you'd have to pose. See if there's any jobs yeah. going at the UK golf websites. <laughs> Maybe try the new local job centre first. <laughs> <laughs> see if they have positions.
0: True. True. Just go to Ten Downing Street, hand in a CV, and be like, "Yeah." Yeah, uh, yeah. Listen, of a course tribute. you
1: can't go beyond the two meter guidelines. Mm, mm.
0: True that. Seems like it's all slowly on a like a downhill. Curve, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but the issue is the current the country has varying different R rates, so the R rate is a reproductive number. So mm. it's basically the concept of R is how many people would get the case from a positive case if they were freely allowed to roam. So we're looking for R less than one. Yeah. So um, ideally, I think we said last week, the most recent news was that R number was between 0.7 and, no, and 1. That the R is varying across the country. So London has an R rate of
0: 0.4, whereas That's still cool.
1: cases in northeast and northwest near Liverpool, Manchester is still about 0.8. It's northern, so is yeah,
0: like? <laughs> not you? Yeah,
1: not no, not necessarily. I think at the peak of the crisis, when London and southeast were getting battered, r R was pretty high. I think it's just migrating south more southerly. more mm. northern. Sorry, we can edit that out, can't we? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's just migration of cases, really, but um, Mm -hmm. I think, and even you've noticed from the news as well, I think there was guidance to open schools from 1st of June. Yeah. But then I think the northern cities were being a bit more cautious with this whole situation and said, we need to obviously keep it in line with our cases and how cases are changing in our neighbourhood. So I don't think they were really keen. Mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be an update on guidance, I think, soon, because the new track and trace system that they're trying to get in place by 1st of June seems to be off track. Oh, yeah. Have so... we got
0: a, a monitoring thing for for the UK, like an app or a website or something? No, so they were
1: trialling at the Isle of Wight a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but it was supposed to be rolled out to us by the 1st of June, but I think Prime Minister has conceded that that's likely to not be the case.
0: But also, it's a bit late, don't you think?
1: <sighs> yes, but I think it's... It is a bit of late in terms of, but if we take it by the fact that we are nearly, we are past the first peak, because I believe we peaked on the 8th of April, when we had about a thousand, just under or over a thousand deaths in that day. I
0: peaked in secondary school.
1: (laughs) <laughs> good to know good to know <laughs> anyway but i think in terms of this is for preventions of second peaks because we yeah. need to obviously ensure a second peak does not happen because that would be disastrous we do know that there will be a second peak when the winter comes the winter pressures will be only be made worse due to coronavirus because it's already tough enough in the nhs working in the winter anyway. Yeah, but
0: surely this is going to be all over like surely people that are going to get it will have got it in like six months but but we believe we don't know whether that causes immunity to
1: develop yet. So there is an antibody test which has been approved by Roche, I believe. And there's been a deal for about 10 million tests to come to the UK, which will be rolled out to healthcare workers and those who are more likely at risk. But the anti again, I think the World Health, World Health Organization still holds the mantra that there is no immunity to coronavirus until proven otherwise. Wow. Trials are around. Yes, uh, but there are trials going around. I think Oxford has a trial at the moment, which it's working with in hospitals in Birmingham, Scotland, to try and to a trial of
0: vaccine. You know the mutations that you spoke about? Mm. If mm. you get one of them, are you immune to the others? Is so it the same the thing? Vaccine? We do
1: not know so the active content is the same but it's the surface receptors that I think I believe change
0: right
1: by no means am I an expert in virology but also I'm also a junior doctor so take what I say with a pinch of salt I know mm. I'm no expert in this yes I think it's the surface proteins and oh that changes God. the virulence so we're going to need six different vaccines to be sure isn't it not not necessarily. We know that some strains are more common than others. Mm. It's like the it's like the flu strain. We can't because the flu mutates as well every year. Yeah, and the flu vaccine covers two or three
0: common subtypes that we know are the most prevalent. Yeah, so I think so. You could just put all of the different strains into one, basically, in it well you can do two ones. or three not yet yeah, all the common
1: ones i wouldn't say we can do all of them but i think we need to obviously find a suitable vaccine which is going to take time but thankfully i think oxford are running a fantastic trial and i think imperial are also running a really good trial in london um, but i've also i've, I've signed up to the trial myself so i'm going to hopefully try and get involved as a trial part of the volunteer and see what we can do
0: so you're going to get the vaccine well i'm going to apply for it yes and see whether i'm suitable and okay. then hopefully see whether i can and if you need Maybe. someone's hand to hold <laughs> I know where you are. No, nah, you can't because of Corona, innit? Ask someone else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fine. <laughs> well, we'll, well, we can speak to, We can speak for actually. Skype is always a good platform. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So no, that's good. interesting. That's like proper interesting. Because it just slipped out of my mind that there's obviously going to be other strains, innit? Mm-hmm. Not just one. Exactly. But mm-hmm.
1: you have to remember that you also did a science degree, so you can't forget your biology now, can you?
0: <laughs> Mate, the last time I did biology was year 11. That is very true. Yeah, I didn't do A-level. Oh, speaking of which, mm. when you were younger, like really young, before secondary school, mm. mm-hmm. what did you want to be when you were older? That's a very good question. I never considered
1: medicine in my mind, to be honest. Mm. And until about year nine, I didn't really pay attention in school, so my predictions <laughs> wouldn't have really matched my aspirations, really. The only things I did enjoy were maths and maths and sci- chemistry, to an extent. didn't really care much about biology or physics, <laughs> So I think my eye-opener was when I got my predictions for um, year 10 and had a few C's and D's on there. I was like, that cannot happen if
0: I want to do medicine. Mm.
1: Um, so I had to work hard to turn that around, and thankfully I did. So what made um, you choose,
0: wh- when was the turning moment? When did you think, I want to do medicine, compared to anything else?
1: I think it was second year sixth form, really. because mm. um, so I did some work experience over the summer, worked in care homes, and, I worked at my lo- and I've shadowed a few doctors in my local hospital in Leicester. Mm represent <laughs> <laughs> and it was good i really really enjoyed it i think what really got me through there was the obviously the great balance of science and medicine blah 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 it sounds like a typical personal statement right now mm. um i wanted to help people and obviously yeah. I enjoyed the dynamics of being in theater i think that's why i'm hopefully choosing to go to into a career in surgery eventually if i do stay in medicine
0: yeah
1: but i just enjoyed the dynamic of being theater because i think in surgery you have a problem you fix it and hopefully there's a direct solution whereas in medicine it's the holistic approach. You trial a few things, it may not work, but there may be an aspect of, say, longevity, so you're helping them out throughout their life. Mm -hmm. So there's many things. I think it's just the caring nature of the profession. I think you have to have a big heart to go into it. You can't just do it for the sake of wanting to be a doctor because it is a long training pathway. You have to have that dedication. Yeah, obviously it's not easy, is
0: it? Otherwise everyone would know.
1: No, yeah, it's a six-year degree. At the end of it, if you think about it, just to even get into, and then there's another eight or nine years of training to become a specialist consultant. Wow.
0: Yeah, so it's a long haul, but um, I'm, I'd say I'm happy with the choices I've made so far. Yeah, yeah, sounds mm. like it. It's been, uh, been good to watch you, like, you know, slowly get through the degree stage up. Yeah. A junior doctor, that sort of thing. It's been good. I got a bit of a yep. philosophical question that I just thought of. If mm. you didn't go to the, your work experience and shadowing and that sort of thing, imagine that you were shadowing someone from a completely different career. Mm. Do you think that would have persuaded you? Or generally, do you think work experience and people being exposed to certain things, do you think that influences their future? or Do you think they'll just... Do what they're good at or do what they're interested in or do you think they actually like you can shape people's futures does that make sense through excel are you trying to so to reword that would you be saying
1: that experiences that you have as like say if you did other areas of work experience do you think that would also deter you from careers or make you yeah. want to choose that career
0: yeah so do you think exactly do you think it helped that you did the work experience or do you think you would have chosen uh
1: medicine anyway or yeah. something else yeah. So I did, in, in my year 10 work experience, I did it in an accountancy firm, and I thought I wanted to do accountancy, good hours, eventually good play, not play, pay. Mm. <laughs> um, but I found it absolutely mind-numbing to sit in an office and just sit in one room. I could not do that. Yeah. Um, so I knew that was one of my strengths. I considered economics as a point as well. That's also quite, that was one of my strong points as well. Because did you do math, the
0: economics at A-level?
1: I did. Yeah, I did. I did economics at A-level and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was quite good at it myself, so I could have seen myself with a career in there as well. Thankfully, I had a few options. I also considered law at one point. But um, I think medicine is just so dynamic, it's so diverse. A medical degree just doesn't mean you have to stay in medicine. It opens so many more doors. Cause the skills that you show in any degree are very transmissible working in team showing leadership good communication mm. and it's been a very diverse degree so even if i do not end up staying in medicine i the skills that this has given me would be transferable to any career choice
0: yeah exactly it's medicine you don't realize it because I'm, I'm not in the field but like there's so much stuff that you can look into, isn't there? You got like your neurology stuff, and then there's you can never know everything. Like you have to. Specialize. Oh no, no, you
1: you have to. But I think it's that's the that's the beauty of it. There are areas we can remain a generalist, such as I think the only general specialty I'd say is geriatrics, mm. which is elderly care medicine. Um, but there are other fields which are so, so specialized and diverse, and there's a lot of research going on in new things. You're never, you're always going to make new discoveries in medicine, which is why it yeah. is such a fascinating field. It is. But even if you don't decide to do a medical or a surgical specialty, you can go into medical journalism, you can go into other businesses such as medical pharmaceuticals, clinical trials, medical innovations. And you can also always supplement your career with another top-up degree. So I was thinking of doing a law degree in, my, in about two years' time, oh, like a medical law good. degree. So that would be nice just to kind of get the ethical side. So I can always go into medical medical negligence mm. medical defence medical, medical law yeah. would be and it's also something that you can do as part time as well as opposed uh, while still maintaining uh, some sort of medical career
0: that's
1: good so it yeah so it's so it's it actually well on track but it is a hard degree to do I wouldn't do it just for the sake of doing it because you'll obviously realise that's the dedication and the commitment it requires is not really worth it
0: yeah i wouldn't be able to do that that's like you know on top of all the stress you got as part of your yeah being a doctor and then on top of that going home and learning or whatever it is assignments it was a tw- it was a 24 7 degree it was
1: never really free time but you had to, there was always time to socialize and have your interests but i think we were we spent a lot more time in lectures a lot more time in clinical placements compared to some of our university colleagues yeah but um no i Think it's uh, it was made choice made, worthwhile choice in the end. Yeah. It's definitely mm. going to be worth it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a career which allows you to go anywhere in the world
0: because yeah. there's never going to be a drop in demand for doctors. Exactly. It's something like teaching. You're always going to have a demand for face-to-face teaching or good quality teaching. Exactly, and exactly. One of those jobs that are you know, almost impossible to automate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. No, but there there are involved, there are robotics that we do use in surgery, but I think they
0: still need men to operate them or, Uh, well, manpower. I saw this this video, you've probably seen it as well, where someone gets a CT scan Mm. and then they overlay that scan onto the, like the physical... So there's like a wand and the, mm-hmm. there's a person under general anesthetic and then they put the wand on the person's nose and like on their forehead and that and then basically yeah. the ct scan gets overlaid onto that person so like if you cut inside them big yeah. bit like you can see exactly like if the ct scan shows a tumor or a certain blood vessel or something i've seen that yeah i've seen exactly working where it is
1: yes i've seen that so it's basically 3d modeling essentially it creates a 3d model of the body and then it tells you whether you're cutting the tumor off or whether you're taking off normal tissue, it's actually fantastic.
0: so cool, isn't it? It's like it a is, mixture yes. of 3D modeling, computer design, yeah, CG, yeah. technology, exactly. all of that.
1: It's very important. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a lot of software development as well, which I think machine learning yeah. and all the big data and everything like that, it's a ever evolving field. If you think about when, taste.
0: when we were at school, there was no such thing as VR, no such thing as AI. Yeah, there was nothing yeah. called machine learning. Do you know what I mean? Coding was like unheard of. You know, we used to learn yeah. about Excel and Access and that sort of stuff.
1: <laughs> but, but do bear in mind, we were only 15, 16 at the time. I think, don't think coding would have been an appropriate no, thing to teach. No, it wasn't that teach.
0: long ago. It was like 10 years ago. And right now they're teaching coding at primary school. Are they? Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fascinating. They're teaching fascinating. Python at primary school, which is like pretty easy. Unheard of. But unheard of. Yeah no 10 years ago no one would have expected you to teach programming at
1: school Yeah yeah I agree but it's good it's, it's mm-hmm. obviously shown how there's been leaps and bounds in our industry and just in what world, worldwide development mm-hmm. in general really exactly. but it has come at a cost if you but you would say you would agree with if I would say it's come at a cost in terms of environmental change and climate change i think that's what one thing i've been appreciative of during this lockdown i think people have taken a step back to appreciate life what it truly is
0: i don't know if technology is like responsible for that there's probably other no it
1: no not technology itself but technology and the drive to be better drive to for economical change and economical growth is certainly powered by technology Mm -hmm. and i think and i and i think we've realized that in this point by able, to, Because the thing is, we have had to halt production of many things. We've had to halt yeah, economic development, economic growth. Our government's had to borrow a lot of money to try and help people out during the situation. But we've also seen some positives in that Greenland's have recovered. Worldwide pollution is dropping. Mm. So I think it has come at a cost. Everything that we have been doing has come at a cost. But I think it's nice to see that we've been able to kind of appreciate the small things in life during this lockdown
0: exactly, yeah, stuff that has made people realize that if you can't go to work, then like if your life revolves around work, then something's going wrong, isn't it you got to yeah do it's hard yeah of work or stuff that keeps you happy
1: exactly. I think at the end of the day, you can only go chasing so much money, mm. I think if you're going for it for the money, I think it's sometimes hard to appreciate everything else, I think work hard.
0: It's not sustainable so, if you just be do it socially clean.
1: be socially rich rather than financially rich. Have things that love you, have meaningful relationships. Work on being a better person and the money will follow if you're doing the right things. So 2 K twenty. <laughs> yeah, realisation. Um it's been a I would say per- and personally as well in the last two months I've had a lot of realisations, a lot of changes, a lot of events happening. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something to learn from really, is personal reflection. Mm-hmm. And the time. And I think the last two months have did very little apart from work and Um, yeah. Life. It's been nice to kind of have some of those
0: things that you mentioned. We're going to go in, we're Mm. going to see if you want to go into detail later on. We'll see. We'll see. All right. That's fine. Um, (laughs) so I've got some questions to ask. No, they, sometimes they are a bit personal, but Mm. you know, if you don't want to answer that's fine. Okay. What is something that if someone just met you that no one would guess about you? (laughs) This could be very open because uh, well as, as my good friend,
1: you know a lot about me, yeah, and that's the very thing, but I think a lot of people when I first when they first ask the question, "How are your relationships going?" I think they get quite surprised when I say that I'm gay. Um, I think people are quite just assume that I'm straight, but I, I don't really. Mm. <laughs> so I think they find it hard to kind of believe that I am. But at the end of the day, it's not a big part of me. It's just a, it is a part of me, but it's not the defining feature.
0: Exactly. You so know, I've, when you said it, I, I was I wouldn't say I was shocked, but the thing is, maybe my gay doll's not working. But I, I just <laughs> I just thought you know it's pretty normal the way you act and whatever. Like, there's yeah. no changes, is there really? Isn't There's
1: there's no real changes, but then also. There is not, it's not really a definition of normal. It hasn't changed me as a person. It's just a component of who I am. For people who are more eccentric, that's their normal. Yeah. I wouldn't say how I act is a normal, it's a normal for myself. But um, it had, didn't really change my friendships and really change how I cared about people. Mm. It, it kind of kept the same, really. It just meant that I had a different aspect to my life that not many people were familiar with,
0: yeah. to be honest yeah <laughs> okay so yeah i guess if someone met you that's definitely not the first thing they would think of innit? it they wouldn't really no, think no, 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 of no 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 no
1: no exactly so i've had that several times even this year as well when i've moved to a new city start made new new changes mm. started a new career met new
0: people yeah, yeah so that wasn't really the first thing on their minds <laughs> is there anything Just... right now that you're working on outside of work yeah, so I think, as I did say, I've
1: had a lot go on in terms of my personal life as well mm. throughout these last few months. I've started journaling, which has been a new thing. I generally thought journaling was, I'll be honest, I thought it was a waste of time, really. Um, writing down your feelings on a piece of paper to try and make yourself feel better. Um, I didn't really think it would work. It's been a thing that I've started doing over the last few weeks, and I, it has really made a difference because the feelings are no longer in my head. They're on a piece of paper. That's good. And I've been able to experience, and I've been able to articulate how I felt. So it's been nice to be able to do that. I've been doing an online public health course through Yale through um, a platform called Coursera. So they've been doing free courses throughout this. Um, oh, awesome! So, in the these free courses throughout the uh, lockdown period to help people develop skills and spend a bit more time to do everything else it's been good and then st- been trying to keep in contact with friends that i haven't seen in a long time through zoom skype speaking to family mm-hmm. trying to work out but also it's been quite
0: difficult because <laughs> i've
1: been eating a lot more and i've conceived definitely see the love handles coming out Uh
0: oh, we all have man yeah i had so much cake in the past few days
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's whatever makes you happy really because you, know? you know this is all temporary it's all going to come back yeah. so you work on yourself whenever you can but I don't. it's also important not to take yourself too seriously during this
0: yeah good god that's a lot of stuff that you've been working on I've been trying yeah. to start this podcast nothing else <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's that's the thing you shouldn't really compare yourself I think small wins any potential yeah. change you're making to yourself even if it's just waking up half an hour early to do something that you've wanted to do for a while it's a, it's a big win
0: do you think journaling has made a big difference well I think it's
1: too early to say if it's a big difference but it's allowed me to reflect on qualities that aren't so that I wouldn't necessarily have noticed in myself hmm and then qualities which aren't really desirable that I want to work on, and um, so it's highlighted. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a very personal question. <laughs> um. So yeah, as you are aware, uh, a broke a relationship broke down not too long ago, about two and a half months ago, mm. and then there are a few things were highlighted to me that I wasn't really aware of myself. Um, And it was obviously things on reflection that I initially would have denied. I think everyone likes to make themselves feel better, ego and everything. But um, I think upon more self-reflection, realize that some things that you have been doing aren't really beneficial to your relationships and also beneficial to you. So I think that's something that I've been able to realize with journalism. So it's a step in the right direction, but I think it'll obviously take time. Mm -hmm. It'll be nice for me to say, oh yeah, it only took one night for me to transform myself into this person that i really want to be but it's life is a journey
0: yeah i think
1: life is a journey you're never going to be that perfect you will always slip up along during the way but i think it's a step in the right direction
0: yeah that's good i was just going to say it's one thing to realize it and one thing to identify it but it's completely different and so much more difficult to actually try and do something about it or to change it mm. to yes and the thing is you want to do is you don't want to repeat it mm. several
1: times because the thing is if you realize if you're in a similar situation say two three years down the line and you're still doing the same things or you're falling back into the habits oh, that you yeah. think are unhealthy it's just awful it's a pretty it's a crappy, crappy
0: feeling isn't it when you identify it and then you carry on doing it yeah yes
1: exactly exactly it's really you haven't really made much progress and it's just you shouldn't see it as a failure but it's hard not to see it that way
0: sometimes i know yeah you're dead right hmm. i know the feeling it's like where you tell yourself you, you shouldn't do this and then you go ahead and eat a whole cake anyways yeah that's one way of looking at it yeah mm. <laughs> Okay, so, next question. In your whole hmm. life, have you ever had any regret? Hmm. Yes and no. A cool. few, I'd
1: say, yeah. yeah. I, I, should, I, should stay in, I should try and make more effort with my family. Sometimes I think I've been so work-orientated the last few years that I've not been able to make as much contact with the family, so I'd speak to them once or twice a week. But in, in theory, I, w- I would like to do that more because I think, obviously, when anything changes, even through the thick and thin, people will come and go, but the family will always be there unconditionally. Mm. So I think that's one thing I regret.
0: Um, a few the, things the I thing do you were You're were going through a bit of a really intense part of uni as well, you know, training to be a doctor. Mm. So it was understandable. I, I know if yes. you get back, you're quite tired. You, you know, sometimes I have to take a nap when I get home.
1: <laughs> and it was also the fact that I wasn't really local, if you know what I mean. I was in mm. a completely different country. I was in Northern Ireland, which is an hour away. By plane. Uh, by flight. Yeah. By flight, might I add. <laughs> if it was an hour by driving, I probably wouldn't have a really a big excuse. Is there a ferry but, um, that goes... Yeah, it's for Liverpool. You can go from Liverpool, but it's about six or seven hours. Yeah. And frankly, I didn't want to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm also not, I'm not a good sea traveller, as we know. So, um, yeah, so that's one regret. Mm. And also, short term regrets, I think, obviously, learning a lot from the relationship that I just was involved in that um, I did things that obviously driving somebody away. And then it's um, a regret that I have now, but it's hopefully something just that will teach me mm-hmm. something for the future. Yeah.
0: I don't know if this is comforting, but there's plenty more fish in the sea, you know, just because you've lost one. There's yes, exactly. Surely, as, as long as you don't make the same mistakes again, or as long as you learn from it, you just can't <laughs> be yourself. It's... Oh, exactly. At the end of the day, I wouldn't want to change myself too much for
1: somebody, but I also have to appreciate that there are things that I will have to change because they are un- not undesirable to but the other person, but also undesirable one that I mm. reflect on it myself.
0: It's good. That's pretty... Uh open of you to say yeah and pretty Deep. like you know <laughs> generally speaking Deep. men are like oh i'm really hard i don't have feelings and you know i'm not going to change you change and that sort of thing
1: <laughs> in the dynamics of my relationship the most recent one i think that was the case that we were mm. trying to change each other without really focusing on what was the yeah. core problems with what each other so it's easy to pick up flaws and others but i think it's hard to do that to yourself really and i think it's a step in the right direction i think churning yourself but that's a lot Yeah, pretty nice. Onwards and upwards, onwards and upwards, as we say.
0: It's one of those things that it's unlikely for that person to like be back with you or for you to get back with that person. So you just got to look forward, look into the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Life is a weird convoluted way, isn't it? it? (laughs) (laughs) You you never know what's going, you never know what's going to be around the corner around the bend and I think I think one thing I've also learned is I also thought too much into the future with everything like oh yeah I've got feelings for somebody what's it going to be like five or ten years down the line but I think it's really important mm, to do you think you lot. were forward planning a lot because that we we both were really and um, there was a lot of things said in the I think every relationship was yeah. in honeymoon phase where you were like you you are like oh I want to do this with you I want to do that with you and then you're very um ignorant and reality you get the flaws, to <laughs> And then and then reality Mm. hits along the way and you're just like, don't really like that Mm. about you. You make it this worse, <laughs> but uh, sure. I think any no, as I said, no relationship is perfect. You have to make sacrifices. If I think it'd be a lie if people said they didn't yeah, make I changes know. for people each
0: like other. Say, oh, I found my soulmate. I'm thinking that is such horse poo. Oh yeah. Like there's no way you've met the perfect <laughs> person. <laughs> no, no, you can no, no. It's not a perfect person, but I think yeah. you have that connection.
1: And I think if that connection is meaningful and worthwhile, and you are your soulmate, you will exactly. make the changes Bit to of
0: compromise to accommodate for that. Party and you'll be fine. Mm,
1: exactly. but sure it's very hard to find i'd say and i think it's also important to be happy in yourself and not be co- very i think it's ha- ex- important to coexist and not be interdependent to an yeah. extent that you lose yourself
0: oh, that's, that's very true. important you still thing gotta to be yourself it. you don't want to be all proper lovey-dovey all the time as well because that gets tiring
1: that gets tight it's emotionally draining and then you don't see your friends and i think when it gets to the point when everything gets when anything bothers the same something ends you kind of realize, oh, I've neglected oh, my friends, so I've neglected true. my family, I haven't done any of my
0: interests, and I think you don't want to you have probably that. Probably remember, yeah, you probably remember from one of my relationships when I was in that literally for like <laughs> a half a year or probably a year I ignored. Well, I wouldn't say ignored, but like you guys would have to meet up without me. Yes,
1: we did. Yeah, but
0: sure. I think it's
1: easy to have for that to happen, isn't it? Especially when you are living so far away from your ex partner yeah. as well. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's important to learn from it, but I think it's important not to try and repeat it because it's yeah. very easy to say that now. But I think when you're in the scenario and you're
0: in the heat of the moment, yeah, it's uh, hard to be true to yourself. <laughs> it is, yeah. And it's just, you see everything through rose-tinted glasses, don't you? You think everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's beer goggles I'd say that's more of an appropriate time It's so all beer goggles oh, No, drinking's bad for you, man You shouldn't do that
1: Sociable <laughs> limits, 14 units a week It's fine 14. Just don't have those 14 units all yeah, together Yeah, all in one night <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so don't do yeah. that Then you'll be fine
0: Yeah, then you can work the rest of the week And then, you know Friday nights, get yeah. them 14 units in all good.
1: Ed- yeah, I bought a pot of Prosecco That I'm not going to open by myself So I'll save that for when lockdown's over And I can see uh, Keep for it me. away from
0: you-know-who <laughs> Who... <laughs> Never mind. I don't think
1: that should be on a podcast. Let's, lo- let's not
0: keep yeah, that on a right, podcast. Let's, move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep... Because I think this is going to be public, so we'll have to edit that out. All right, good. All right, uh, then. Is there anything that you need advice on? There's a lot of things
1: I'm unsure on. Um, but I think, as I said, it's a learning process that I'm trying to find the answers to myself. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very nice to be able to get opinions from many people. But I think at the end of the day, you have to realise that you are your own person. Yeah. But um, yeah, Everyone's yeah, got their really own <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, and I don't want to be turning this podcast into a life lesson. But I think go for it. Yeah, there are if things that want I want
0: to. That's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm i gen- I'm generally okay. I think yeah. if I wanted to do that, it'd require a lot more time than the hour that we have. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's gonna yeah, require so, um,
0: a big A4 book. journaling booklet. Not even not even
1: an A4 channel in booklets. I think you'll have to make it in a mini series. Mm.
0: So <laughs> So once we
1: I think we'll have a mini series. We can make that into a mini series at some point. So let's see how this a goes little first. In
0: it sighting. Mm. Oh god, I use the word sighting. <laughs> <laughs> what is something that you think everyone should try at least once that you don't think people have tried? <laughs> you're asking me to say what I've tried, really. And I don't want to say that in public.
1: Um so I think <laughs> anything you're afraid to try um, <laughs> I think if there's something that you really wanted to try but are fearful of About two and a half years ago I was in New Zealand in a place called Queenstown And I really wanted to try a skydive I've always been one to err on the side of caution in life I think we were in New Zealand at the same
0: time, a very similar time We earlier. were,
1: but, but we just ran in the same place in New Zealand, were we? <laughs> we were missing each other by about a few yeah. days or so, I believe Yeah.
0: Good. So, yeah,
1: so this is in Queenstown I think you were there, weren't you? You went to Queenstown yourself. I went there, yeah yeah, so I did. I decided to do a skydive so cool. um, on my birthday, or a few days before my birthday, and um, it, and it was something that I wasn't really keen on the idea of. And my, I think I didn't even tell my parents at the point because of I think you and I both know my mum. She said, "We're doing it. you are going to die. Come
0: back." <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> she would have cried on the phone whilst I was going down. Really said, so "Well, I didn't tell her." But um, it was an experience that I was. Um, Obviously not keen on, but I did it anyway. I think you can see from the pictures that they took on the camera while I was coming around. I was quite scared during the descent, yeah. but um, at the end of the day, I was quite happy. I did it. And, and How long did it? The night take before, to get really? Up? About 20, 25 minutes, and the descent itself was about ten. I'd say. Oh, that's good. Um, even the night before, I felt quite stuffy and quite fluy. And so, man, I had like a, I felt I had my has had some sort of sinusitis going on, and I think they said not to do it. But at the end of the day, I just said, it's my eardrum, so they'll come back. <laughs> so in the heat of the moment, I kind of just went for it. And yeah, I don't have no regrets. Did really. you
0: have to do any training or is it just because you're with someone it's else? It's just it?
1: No, I think I was tied to somebody else, so it wasn't too bad, really. Um, they give you, they go through safety videos and then they give you all the briefings of what you should and what you should not be doing, mm. and why you should not be doing it. And I think they did say, if you had a flu, you shouldn't be redoing it. Um, I kind of disregarded that.
0: Mm, um, oh, yeah. bit, How would flu affect it?
1: because no, if you're, if, cause the thing is I think the equalisation of the pressures when you're coming oh, from the wave oh yeah because of the altitude, or the altitude. Yeah. yeah exactly so you initially um, go out in at a very high and then they uh, deploy the parachute and then things slow down
0: yeah no that's something that I didn't um, do but I really want to do it
1: yeah so I think it's an experience so I think any regrets you don't want to be having regrets at the end of the day when something untowards was to happen or anything like that so I'm glad no I did regrets. it no regrets I, would I would I do it again probably not <laughs> I've done it once and I think I'm happy to just take
0: it off oh, really? away. So and you're not going to do it again?
1: Not necessarily unless I have to There are other things I really want to try like a bungee jump would be
0: good Oh yeah, I do I that That's a good thing want to well. do
1: Because you're not tied to anyone yeah. It's a
0: little bit scary as well cause it's
1: just... you're, Yeah, you're, you're tied to a plastic chair that they just push off So it's a bit Yeah I would re- Yeah, I would recommend going to the bathroom beforehand Oh, definitely
0: <laughs> Yeah, I did the bungee think... jump Did I tell you? Oh, did yeah. you? Where did you Where did, did you, you do,
1: do it? in it? Oh, nice. So, okay, yeah. God, did you not be not scared?
0: I was, but I thought I'm not backing out because my sister was with me and she really wanted to do it.
1: Fine. Okay. So
0: we both did it together. Well, not together, but like okay. um, we both one after the <laughs> <are> other. <laughs> so on the same chair, you were tied to each other.
1: <laughs> God, that's taking the feeling of closeness to a new level, isn't it? Yeah. Brother brother love, brother sister love. Exactly.
0: If we weren't close before that,
1: <laughs> you definitely are now.
0: But yeah, that was, it was, it was pretty scary. You're not wearing, you know, like when you skydive, you wear the protective clothes and goggles and helmets and all that. There's none of that. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. it's just a harness, isn't it? And a, and a cord, which could snap at any point. It's
0: not even that, you know, like the carabiner, like the little clip. Yeah. I, like, you know, when you go hiking and there's that little clip that you put on, like on your belt or whatever, that's all holding you to the rope. It's just one clip. That's Matt. That's crazy. Yeah, man. and you just think if that one clip broke,
1: <laughs> that would be a very, very, very
0: dangerous I know. thing. It was, it was scary, but you know it was over quite quickly, so it's fine. It was so cool, exactly. though. Yeah, you got to. try yeah, you that. just think
1: about. You can just think of it as a nightmare, can't you? Really, just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you, no, if no, it, it, goes, it about was it.
0: good fun. Like I didn't want to do it, but it, well, now that I've done it, I think I'd do it again. It was a good experience. It's like jumping off, off a platform, nothing under you. Yeah, Mm, that was good. Anything else you think people should try? Maybe like food or something or I don't know, Um, a movie? Yeah, I I think if you if you're a good foodie, I think traveling, trying different cuisines
1: is good. Um, I've started recently doing a HelloFresh subscription delivery service Mm. and you choose your five recipes during the week and they are quite... um, So they send you all the ingredients all measured out. So there's very little wastage and the the recipes come from different parts of the world. and it's it's pretty cool, and they give have a very good discount on it at the moment. So I highly recommend people to try that. I think it's also good for people who want to try new things. Mm-hmm. Have you got a but, code uh,
0: where you get like twenty percent off or something? Uh,
1: it's fifty percent of your first box, actually. That's not bad.
0: Yeah. Okay. Along the same line, is there something that you have never done that you want to try? Yeah. Don't say women. Well, I want to
1: try. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have, I have been there, as you know. So. <laughs> Um, but what, So rephrase that question again. So I completely missed. Yeah, it. what's
0: something that you want to do that you've never done? As in, in terms of a life experience. Yeah, whatever you make of it. What's something that you really want to do that you haven't done yet?
1: What I want to do. Hmm. That's a that's a very good question. I haven't really thought of it in much detail, to be honest. I know what I want to do in terms of career-wise, and I have a very clear focus on that.
0: You can know, specialize. I guess.
1: I, I kept podcasting. I guess the first. This is the first thing I've never really done before. So this is the first time for me, isn't it? Really.
0: I guess. Yeah. yeah Happy to be yeah. your first. Um, <laughs> and probably my last. <laughs> yeah, but no. Apart from yeah. this, like, any other life experiences? Um, have you been scuba diving? No, that would be nice. Actually, I've never really thought of that. Though, no. I really want to go skiing. Skiing.
1: That's quite common. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd. I think I'd be pretty. Crap at it, so but I'd want to try it anyway. So we'll definitely, I'll definitely do it. Some Get point. some
0: roller skates, practice on roller skates, and then hmm. skiing is kind of similar, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fair. No, so I want to, try, I want to try skiing. I'm, I'm awful at ice skating, but thankfully, skiing is a bit more. You just go down a level and hopefully you just speed up. Have you been so ice skating? I have several times in Northern Ireland, and I was, I, every time I didn't spend more than five seconds on my. Foot. Oh no! So. So yeah, it's pretty pretty bruising, especially when you fall on a bony prominence. Sort of oh I know,
0: and it, it's ice as well, so it's not exactly cushiony. It's not.
1: No, it's not soft at all. I think you need to work out a little and pretty sure you have good thigh muscles before you go.
0: I think <clears> skiing, <throat> I think might be different. It might be better because that's soft snow, isn't it? A little bit softer than. Ice. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I totally mm. agree. It would be nice too. Try it. Cool. We should do that at some point. I think it would be so cool, like a lad's
1: skiing trip. That would be so good. Yes, I think the boys would enjoy that too. Yeah, I think you should. I think I think for the next two episodes, you should have the boys on and doing their own episodes, so they know who you're, who they, who we're referring to. The as boys. The boys.
0: The boys. Uh, the boys. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, have a little mini series <laughs> with the boys. Yeah, it'll be good, and
1: then we can then form a weekly or a fortnightly four way chat. So yeah. Podcast see and, and see how much doing. it guests,
0: really yeah and how much um how far it goes really? yeah so when this podcast has got like a couple million views on that and <laughs> uh, a couple hundred let's go for a couple hundred uh, a couple million <laughs> come on aim high <laughs> aim high let's aim high <laughs> oh, the whole i'm gonna get the yeah. whole population of the world listening and then arjun's gonna have his own little mandir somewhere dedicated could to you him. imagine <laughs> uh what would you say is some advice that you want to give for people that want to be in the medical profession? Do it
1: for the right reasons. I think you have to be dedicated in the fact that you have to be caring, charismatic, approachable. Do it for the patient rather than do it for
0: any other mm-hmm. personal benefit. For the money.
1: Personal benefit, as I said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know the money's all I, right, I, but like the working hours and, you know, the stress and tension and all that, that just goes with it it. it.
1: it is. It is. It's a stressful profession. It's very old hours. You could be doing nights, you could be doing weekends, you could be not seeing your family for certain periods during a training period. Mm. And specialisation requires a lot of sacrifice, really. And I think some people do sacrifice. Yeah, especially your first few years, it's difficult to maintain
0: that social life. Yeah. Sorry, what was yeah, that? Yeah,
1: it's hard. And it's also... I just said it's hard to kind of... I think some people give up their aspirations to have normal families, children to dedicate themselves to their career and I think it's nice to be able to do that but I think also you need to be able to maintain a good balance yeah for sure and I think and and it is a it is a sacrifice you are devoting your life away it's
0: not just a career it's not just a 5 or 10 year sacrifice it is a long term sacrifice definitely yeah it's not just the training but as you said weekends evenings you never know what your shifts are going to be if something like the coronavirus comes in, around it's difficult you could be
1: literally working long hours yeah and I think it's also it, it can be straining on your mental health as well because the things you see, sometimes it's very hard to kind of process and it can reflect in your relationships with others. It can reflect on many other things, really. <laughs> um, so I think it, it it is a testing career. It isn't for the faint-hearted, I'd say.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I remember being at work and I just completely, I wouldn't say froze, but I was way out of my depth. I was thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? Have you ever had any of those moments where you're at <laughs> work lot. and you think, yeah, I've had it, I'm working out, <laughs> Yeah, it
1: is. Because I think, as a, especially as a junior, you're, it's your first year of practice. And thankfully, you are supervised at all times. There's always, I think, on a medicine shift, there's always a registrar who's... Oh, that's pretty the, good So you've always specialization got a second yeah opinion. there's always senior support available Third opinion second opinion and everyone's very approachable which is always good yeah there are some colleagues who would not be as approachable but I think generally as a team medicine is a, the medical specialties are very good in terms of having that support system there for their juniors mm-hmm. and I think it, especially when you've had a tough moment they're happy if you you talk it out with them um, take a few minutes off and just refocus yeah. So I think it is a very good support system. But um, the first few weeks when I started working, I just thought, what have I done?
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> Why am I here? I don't deserve it. I think I had a, a degree of imposter syndrome. What's that? So when you feel like you're not worthy to be there. Uh, like you don't deserve to be where you are yeah. Which is odd Considering I've been I've done six years of med school I've passed my exams pretty well And I've done everything I needed to If I went through the same hoops And you, I probably had more challenges As you know We don't We come from a relatively humble background Yeah So I didn't have, didn't have the privileges That many people may have had In trying to get into medicine So it's But true. I think so I think Yeah So I've had those additional <laughs> Challenges Let alone the challenges of the job itself Cool so. <laughs> But uh, but, you, but thankfully it's Ease in, don't feel like an imposter anymore. feel like I deserve to be Yeah, it just takes time, it's doesn't good. it?
0: And then you just fit right in yeah. and it becomes normal. Yeah, it is the new normal now. Mm. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's a bit of advice, isn't it, to anyone starting out in mm. any career, not just, like, getting into medicine. Like, it's going to take yeah. a while. You're the first day then, no one in any career is going to be like, yeah, this is fine, I'm getting along fine, yeah, you know, this is easy. Yeah. No one's going to think that because any sort of change in new thing comes with challenges. And then people, I think
1: people are also quite aware. I think people know that you're starting off early and they're very supportive. Yeah. And I think especially I've noticed that in medicine, I think my seniors were very, very good in allowing me to ease in. <laughs> I remember too. the first day I had to prescribe paracetamol and I was like, I, I don't know the dose of
0: paracetamol when in fact it's probably the only dose I knew before medical school. <laughs> <laughs> if you went to, like, let's say you, if you went to a different hospital, do you think that they all have support systems? It's very hard to say because I think Different hospitals, well, I think the structure is always
1: going to be the same. You're going to have juniors, you're going to have registrars, you're going to have house senior house officers, and then you're going to have consultants. Okay. But it all it all depends on where you are, I think, and you notice that because there are surveys that uh, the health education in England send out to all the trainees around different trusts around the, the country. So, and you get varying results. You do get varying results. But I think from certainly from what I've seen in the Royal Barks, it's very well supported. I think I've always had the advice when I've needed it. When I've had difficulties. I've been able to escalate it to the right people, and um, there's always been.
0: It's been so good. It's needed. been
1: perfect. Yeah. Let's let's not. <laughs> I would. I, I, I wouldn't say perfect. Every. I would. I think perfect is a very overused word, and I think it's a word that puts pressure on things, which doesn't doesn't really need to be there. Mm. But I think it's close to doing. It's what it needs to do. It's a very robust system. Yeah. But I think the challenges can be traveling between different hospitals because I think in the Royal Berkshire Hospital where I do work at the moment a lot of it is like electronic so we make our notes on computers we have a kind of longevity we prescribe on computers and I came from a system where everything was on paper so it was a bit of, it was hard to adjust to but now that I look back at it I think I'd find it hard to go back to a paper-based system yeah. because if you have the whole folder of notes that you need to try and work your way through during the war round I think it's really hard to
0: yeah, you can. Whereas when you're and the... Where you whereas, when the whereas when you're the... Whereas when you're... Well, the, you know, after you, you can only store so yeah, many. Yeah, and it rest. gets
1: very bulky, carrying a lot around. Imagine carrying three or four. words with a computer, you just take it around to your patients. You open up the notes, everything's in one place. It's yeah. It's just a very good system. Sounds good. So, uh, thank, but thankfully, I'm going to... I've moved to Oxford in August for my second my, my second year of foundation training. So, I'll be known as an SHO, not, not a house officer anymore. And what's an SHO? Which is a... A senior house officer, so I get a Ooh, yeah. bump in my title, which is nice. Senior. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, yeah no, it's really nice. so I know. Yeah, I know. It's great. So I moved to Oxford, which is also a very similar system, so I'm
0: looking forward to it. Yeah, that's good. That'd be great. Mm. All right, then. So I think um, we've covered a lot, but I was wondering have, if yeah. you had any questions for me.
1: Um, yeah, so I believe you yourself are making big life changes at the moment in terms of where you're heading next for your career. Yeah. Yeah, so um, tell us a
0: bit more about that. Things are very frustrating, to be honest, because the embassy's closed, there's so many paperwork things that you have to do, and I can't yeah. do them all. But here's the thing, right? They say that mm. I need to get all these documents attested, attested by a notary, yeah. So basically the notary has to make sure that it's actually legit. Then it has to go to the FCO, Foreign Commonwealth Office. And then they put mm. their stamp on it to say, "Yep, yeah, this is all illegal. Um, like basically saying that the UK yeah. certifies- I think you mean legal. I think you mean legal, not illegal. I legal. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said,
1: <laughs> listen to it back, you, you said illegal,
0: but okay. <laughs> all right, making sure that it's legal with an L. And then it has to go to the embassy. <laughs> And yeah. then they have to stamp it to say, yeah, they've seen it. It's legit. Mm-mm. And only after they see all these documents do they give me an entry visa. So, but the thing's... Really? Yeah, the FCO's closed. Like I, I rang them up. They said, no, we're literally, they don't know when they're going to open again. I've contacted mm. a couple of solicitors to see if they can do the documents. They said, no, nah, we're closed at it's... the moment. Um, there's two people that I managed to get through to, but mm. I spoke to them on the phone and they said, yeah, we'll send for me to send them an email and then they'll reply with like if they can do it or not and they haven't replied and
1: it's very expensive and I'm guessing as well this is a financially draining process
0: oh yeah so much the other thing that's a little bit expensive is the uh, medical checks Yes, I, you have to get go through, I believe, some
1: private centres, I believe, don't you, in London. Yeah. And there's only a few select locations. I'm, I remember. And only, only certain people that can do them for yeah,
0: you. Yeah, you're right. I remember asking you for it. And then I did find a few in mm. London. Because of the current situation, I can't contact the GP. I, I literally can't get through to them because they're not picking up the phone. Really. You know, these sort of checks, because we have to go to the hospital anyway, they're not going to be done. So I'll have to go private. Yeah,
1: because you need x-rays and everything, don't you? So yeah, x-rays, chest x-rays and... blood
0: tests. Yeah. If well, I wish I could, I wish I could do them for you, but I can't. So I'd I know. Just get me the vaccine I I when it comes out. Just sneak me one of them. That's <laughs> fine. Fine.
1: I'll make sure. Okay. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, so it's just. Sorry. I will I, have to take. I'll have to backtrack that statement. I'm not going to do anything that is not within the realms of my work and profession. <laughs> GMC, GMC clearance. <laughs> Disclaimer. <To> right. <cry. laughs> okay. Wink, wink. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed. No no, no. 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 No no nothing like
1: that nothing of that sort
0: of it's just gonna be one of them things isn't know I've still got a couple of months but it's just frustrating because I can't I want to get it over with but I can't
1: yeah. well hopefully soon everything will start returning to normal but it's hard at the moment isn't it because with all the social distancing criteria and whatnot, so it's hard to kind of being able to mm. go to places Very hard
0: and maintain a safe distance bonus whereas I don't think you can maintain a two metre distance when you're having a health check so <laughs> exactly yeah Unless the blood's yeah. done by a robot. Unless they just ask me to stab <laughs> myself and then fill up some virus. I don't bios. think that works, but okay. <laughs> I don't think that'll
1: work, but okay. <laughs> One can hope. Yeah. All
0: right, then this was good. Uh, anything else that you yeah. want to ask me before we wrap up? Um, no. So thank you for actually
1: inviting me to this. It was very, It was a good way to spend my time i'm glad down? you think so <laughs> and also the,
0: as you know i'm incredibly busy all the time and i just i know you are so in demand I, i'm it's just, crazy. you know i spend all day sleeping and eating a
1: bit of tv <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been sorry. I've been, I've had to delay this for a week because, you know, you've been asking for some time for me to make an appearance, but just work has been very busy. Nah, no, I
0: completely um, understand just, because of this corona stuff. I thought it'd be better to like get you on sooner rather than later so we can get this all recorded. Because it is a, yes, it's a, just an unusual time, isn't it, for doctors, anyone in the medical profession, really?
1: Yeah, and it's also a time-sensitive topic. I think if you talked about this in January next year, I don't think people would really listen to it. <laughs> Listen. Well, I don't think they are got to listen in the first place. So take that off. <laughs> what but I uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm going to get
0: millions <laughs> of views right now, am I? Exactly. So. But it's good. All right, then. So thank you for having well, me. No problem. Thanks for finding the time. I know you're quite busy and you've probably got better things to do on your day off. But it was no. good to... No, I mean, it's, a bit, it's been a pleasure. It's been a bit of pleasure. All right, then. I shall... Take care. Yeah, speak to you later. Take care. See you later, dude. Bye bye bye